your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minner, hit it in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Touchdown, Scarlett! Underdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now, your hosts, KLIM contributor Cole Stukin Holmes and sports director Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Caleb Henry riding solo at the moment. Cole Stukenholtz out this Saturday. Matt McMaster, college student, sleeping in, has not answered his phone. (laughs) Not that I want to throw him under the bus immediately. Um, But right now what we're going to do, because this is one that I've been very excited for. Earlier this week, we all got to see the number of folks that signed to come play at Nebraska for a number of different sports. And one of them that people have been excited about every single year, and then you look at the last three years especially, Number one ranked recruiting class, then number two, and then number one again. And that gets us to Nebraska Volleyball Assistant Coach and Recruiting Coordinator Jalen Reyes. Coach, thanks for joining us here on a Saturday morning on the Husker Hour. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's fantastic. Let's let's start with last night, because that's the most recent. One, how insane is the atmosphere in the Bob Devaney Sports Center? When it's a celebratory moment like last night with a 300th consecutive sellout. It was pretty awesome. Uh, Just everyone was, you know, like I kind of earlier in the week, I kind of forgot about it. To be honest, I I didn't really realize it. So it was just like I got like an insane amount of ticket requests. (laughs) Um, And we always get a ton of ticket requests. But it was just like, man, you see people like if there's a Friday game, people are reaching out Tuesday, Wednesday. Like Sunday, Monday, people are asking. And then, uh, but yeah, last night was pretty awesome with all the stuff they did and all the towels and the sweatshirts and, uh, you know, the 300 thing in between um, two and three. That was, it was really, really, really cool. And just kind of a, a celebration of obviously the history of the volleyball program here in Nebraska. I know the temperature dropped this week, but I don't think anyone needs a sweatshirt when you're in that, in that arena. It gets right. hot in there. Right, not the student section for sure. <laughs> All right, so your your team so far, as you've looked at this year, and obviously there's a big match coming up on Sunday. We'll get to, um, but for you, as someone who's who's recruited a lot of these players, and there are a lot of year, very young players that are playing, freshmen and sophomores. Where, how do you view the growth of this team through that lens that you've known them for years? And you're getting to see them put that work on display as Huskers, as under as uh, underclassmen as well. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think there's, uh, you know, at, even a couple of years ago, we had a feeling when this year, last year, even next year comes in, we're gonna we're gonna lean on a lot of the young ones. Um, we leaned on four of them last year to get us. You know, we never, you know, at the start of the season, you think you can be pretty good. We didn't. You know, you throw them out there and you just see, and obviously they took us all the way to the final. Um, We're in a pretty good spot right now, leaning on a lot of young players, um, especially in some critical positions. And just the fact that we have a lot of, a lot of good, especially young ones. And we have a lot of them. It kind of allows us to play different people. Last night, Beck Alec, 
kind of rolled an ankle a little bit earlier in the week. Mm. Um, so Maggie Mendelson steps in and plays and, you know, a, kind of a funny thing on her. She should be a senior in high school this year, you know, which is kind of crazy. And then she's, you know, she's not playing basketball right now. She's not going to play a basketball game until we're done with volleyball. But, you know, she runs straight over from Tavani, runs over to PBA to go and support her other team um, playing last night. So, you know, we're leaning on a bunch of young ones. And I think in the next couple of years, we're going to be leaning on still some some other young ones that are going to be coming in. But, um, you know, this especially our sophomore class, we leaned on them a lot last year. And now they're kind of the they're kind of the core of our team right now, you know, in terms of, um, you know, Ali, Lexi Rodriguez, um, Lindsey Krause, Whitney Lowenstein, who's really made a huge jump. Um, you know, there's the key for us is, you know, we feel like we can recruit a bunch of good ones um, that are pretty good, but to win at the level we need to win at, they need to come here and get better. They're not good enough at a high school to just stay the same and be good enough to win big tens and national championships. So um, for us, it's, yeah, being able to find the players that can contribute as freshmen but do they have room for growth to where they're going to get better? Because we're going to need them to. How hard is that to identify? And we'll talk that recruiting class, um, that top-ranked recruiting class that signed earlier this week. But how hard is that to not just see where players are ranked and where they're going to be compared to the rest of their class immediately out of high school, but to then project what that growth could be over three, four years? Right. I think one thing that helps us is we recruited them when they're younger. So we really got to, we really got to see um, them develop even from, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but seventh, eighth, ninth grade. <laughs> um, so you get to see like, okay, Hey, they look really good now, but how are they going to look in a year? We can't really offer them to their juniors anyway now. So it's kind of, it gives us some wiggle room to see, are they getting, are they getting better? And then the other, the other thing I really, uh, I think is really helpful. Um, and I don't know how it compares to maybe like football or basketball, but because we rent, because we recruit them so young, we kind of get a fresh eye of, we get them before they get ranked in recruiting rankings. Mm. So we really get to kind of see like, do we really like this kid and not just pick a kid based on, oh yeah, their ESPN has them ranked in the top 100 and gives them four stars yeah. and not like, those rankings don't matter because I think they do matter. And they also, you know, it's great for the kid. It's great for the schools, right. Um, to say, Oh, I have five, five stars coming in or, you know, uh, in the 23 class, we have, you know, a lot of, we have all the kids, you know, we have a lot of the kids that are ranked number one in their positions. Um, but a lot of us at the time, you know, we made offers out, which was not this past summer, but the summer before for the class of 23, there was there was some rankings, but we didn't know Bergen Riley would be ranked number one setter. We didn't know Harper Murray was going to be ranked number one overall. We didn't know, you know, we didn't know all these. We had an idea, and that's why we recruited them. So it's kind of, I guess, for us, it's kind of nice to recruit them, get them here, or get them to commit, and then the rankings come out, and I'm like, okay, great, everyone agrees with us, kind of a thing. <laughs> so um, I think that's one thing that helps us is the fact that we recruit younger, we really get to just kind of see like, okay, who do we like and who do we think is going to be good? And obviously recruiting rankings, you know, recruiting is not a hundred percent science. Now they got to come here and uh, now they got to kind of keep developing. Like we think they're going to develop, but part of us is just, okay, who's really good now, but we're trying to project who's going to be the best from, you know, at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, not necessarily oh, who's really good at 14 because mm -hmm. that doesn't really help us win. Um, you know, at the level we need to win at. Well, if volleyball did have 
the star rankings next to it, like you see in basketball and football. You've got five five stars coming in, Coach. Well, t- take us through this class. Um, I talked with Coach Cook earlier this week, and he said he loves that you guys were able to hit every single position. How do you make that happen, and then all of them be just top notch young ladies? Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll just kind of whatever. What is it now? Uh, three or three four years ago, when they're all eighth graders. Um, we started recruiting. I think the, the ones that we first started recruiting were Caroline Jerevicious. Mm-hmm. Um, dad's Joe Jerevicious for football fans out yeah. there. And uh, uh, Harper Murray. Harper Murray um, and Caroline were kind of two special, like, young athletes, long, built, built like volleyball players. You could just kind of tell from when they're eighth grade. And they were super quick off the ground with big arms. So when I say big arms, they can hit the volleyball really, really hard at that age. Um, and that, you know tall, long, that can jump with people that can hit the ball hard. Those are kind of what you're looking for. Um, so those kids we kind of found early um, and we recruited them, kind of started recruiting them under the old rules. So back then, before they before they went into their freshman year, we could even talk to them on the phone. So they, they could call us and we could talk to them. Um, and we actually offered them, uh, I think it was like April of 2019, they changed the rules. So May 1st, we couldn't talk to kids, any <laughs> kids younger than going into their junior year. So those two, we offered like the day, like at the deadline, we just offered them. <laughs> we didn't think they were going to commit, but we just wanted them to know like, Hey, we'll see you in two years, but we love you. Um, and we wanted to have, you know, Nebraska offers before they, before they started high school. Um, so that's kind of how we got the ball rolling with those guys, obviously kind of communicating with the club and high school coaches as they got older. And then obviously seeing them at tournaments and then having them come to camp, but we could not have any recruiting conversations with them until, um, until last summer, two summers ago, actually. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's kind of how it started with those two. And then Bergen Riley, we, you know, not local, but just right up the road in, in South Dakota. And um, a lot of people kind of talked to us about her. We kind of recruited two setters um, that, that are pretty elite in that class. And, we decided to go with Bergen. So Bergen is probably kind of the probably third in the fold in terms of kids that came on our radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Andy Jackson was a kid that just kind of late bloomed, played for a small club, small high school club, really didn't go to much tournaments. And she just kind of popped up out of nowhere. She, uh, Christina Holtailing, a lot, you know, a former Husker here, yeah. um, Husker great. She actually does private lessons with Andy. So it was via her. And then I had a long story short, my dad was a, my dad was a volleyball coach forever. And he coached a, uh, a guy that actually coached Andy in club. Um, so he just kind of out of nowhere was like, Hey man, we have this raw athlete that might be, um, you know, something really special. Andy Jackson, I know she's like quantified as a middle, mm-hmm. but in, you know, uh, in football terms, she would be, you know, her position would be athlete. If yeah, that makes sense. Okay. She's kind of a kid that can kind of, we don't necessarily 100% know what she's going to be, um, but she's just such a, she's a different, and you know, I think Caroline and Harper are unreal athletes, not just volleyball players. Andy's like a step above them. And I think if you ask those two, they would both agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, just she's, there's just not a lot of girls that move and jump and do the things she can do, but she's so new to the sport relative to a lot of other girls her age. She was a girl that kind of shot up those recruiting rankings, especially after she made the youth national team this past summer. 
And then Laney Choboy out of nowhere. So I've known Laney for a long time. We recruited Laney. I tried to recruit Laney back when I started recruiting Harper and Caroline. Mm-hmm. But at the time, we didn't really need a libero. Um, so we made these decisions two years ago. We didn't really need one. And then a transfer happened. A kid decided not to do her fifth year. And then suddenly we have a, we have a spot open for a libero. And then Minnesota decides to make a, a head coaching change. And she decides to reopen her recruitment. She reaches out to us and a few other schools and, you know, I think she visited a couple schools and we recruited her as hard as we possibly could. And she decided that she wanted to come to Nebraska. So that's kind of how I've known Lainey for a long time and her mom, but, you know, never recruit, really recruited her because we never thought we had it and we had a need there. So the need just popped up this summer. And now, you know, we didn't realize Lainey Choboy, the best libero in the country, had become available. And, you know, we just kind of decided to hit it hard once she reopened and, um, you know, it's so kind of long story short, that's kind of how the class came together. And then I think the biggest thing is the fact that all of them have spent time with USA Volleyball and the national team together. That's so, what I was going to ask about. How special is that? Not just them, but you've got a couple current Huskers that they've already played together. There's already chemistry before they get to campus. Yeah, I think that's huge. You know, and I, that was huge in recruiting. I remember when we went we went to Mexico to recruit those guys two years ago uh, when they were in the world championships on the under-18 team. So it was Harper, Bergen, Laney, obviously Laney, we weren't recruiting Laney because she was committed to Minnesota. Uh, Becca Alec, our current freshman, was on that team. Caroline Jervicious. And we, I kind of went down, we kind of went down there to recruit Maggie Mendelson because she was the one deciding. <laughs> and of course, I think the rest of the Huskers all kind of was like, hey, dude, like, you want to come and play with us? Um, and then, you know, fast forward this summer, Andy gets on the team and they all get to play each other, play with each other this year in Tulsa. They beat Brazil in the Pan Am Cup um, finals. Uh, to qualify for next year's world championship. So I think that's the big, uh, that's a huge thing. Um, it was huge in terms of when Lainey um, decided to pick. I think one thing it was, she was super familiar, familiar with already Maggie and Becca on our team. And you think about it, she's coming in with four other ones that she's all played with. Mm-hmm. So she already knows personally and has played with six, you know, next year we'll have about 15 girls. She's already almost played with a third of the team, you know, which is kind of crazy. And I know she's played with Hayden Kubik. Um, back when they were younger in USA volleyball stuff. So yeah. I think a lot of that stuff's important just because there's a familiarity and the fact that, you know, I think they all, they all have similar goals to want to get to the Olympics and win national championships and win big tens. So I think the fact that they're all familiar with each other, you know, they, you know, especially like someone like Laney who reopened and then basically visited a couple of campuses and picked, you know, decided to change her change your college choice within 10 days. <laughs> I, I, it can't hurt that the fact that she knows like, Hey, everyone she's coming in with, she personally knows already. Right. Um, and stuff. I mean, she knows them better, honestly, than she knows coach or I, if I'm being <laughs> honest, you know? So, um, I think that's a big thing in terms of, you know, getting to choose who you get to play with and who do you go to school with and, you know, who you laugh and cry with each and every day, you know? Coach, last one for you here before I, uh, let you guys get to your flight. Um, big match tomorrow. At number six, Ohio State, you were able to fend them off here at home. What's the mentality? What's what are the talking points on the flight over there? Just everything around this match, because um, there there is a lot at stake when you're looking at the rest of this season for the Big Ten Conference title, as well as hosting in the postseason. Oh yeah, Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country. Um, the thing they do, I mean, one thing is that core group has been together for a long time now. Um, an experience you can't can't replace that they have uh, i think they have the best setter in the big 10 a really good opposite um two outsides that are playing really really well and then two really good middle blockers and then i think 
their libero, Kylie Murr, doesn't get enough credit. I think she's very good. Um, so they have just a bunch of players. You kind of know what they're going to do. It's just they're really good at it, and they make you try to stop them, which is hard because they have five legitimate options. Um, and then they play really good defense, and they serve really well. And I think their coach has done a great job. Jen Flynn, I think, is one of the best coaches in the country. So, I mean, they have it rolling right now. I think the last time they lost was against us back, it seems like, forever ago now. Um, and, you know, and now we have to go there. We, To be honest, we got crushed last year in Columbus. So we need to make sure, you know, you know we're ready to go. And it's going to be a big match. It's I think they kind of pushed it back later just for TV time. And I think it's really, really cool what the sport of volleyball, especially the Big Ten's doing for volleyball, just trying to get us into some premier TV times. But, yeah, Ohio State's very good. Um, Ohio State, Wisconsin, us are all tied. So this is going to be a kind of a big match. and. But I think when, when it boils down to it, it's serving passing. You know, can we try to stop some of the stuff they want to do? We're not going to be able to hold them down forever, but, mm-hmm. you know, can we play? Can we, can we kill enough balls and can we just kind of stop them in some critical times? I think it's kind of what's going to, you know, what's going to come down to it. And that's kind of how I think we found some success last time we played them is just we didn't hold them for the whole match, but when we really needed to, we did. Um, and, when, you know, we get to those critical points. Can we make the plays? to win and coach always says you know it's going to come down to winning three sets by at least two points Mm -hmm. and that's how it was here in lincoln and you know i I expect you know i think that we're going to go five rounds again probably in columbus tomorrow well coach congratulations on the recruiting class best of luck the rest of this season the team is so exciting to watch looks like you guys have a lot of fun coaching them as well Have, have a nice flight out to ohio thanks guys thanks for having me there you go. That's Nebraska Volleyball Assistant Coach and Recruiting Coordinator Jalen Reyes. We got football, basketball, and Dr. Lawrence Chatters all still coming up here this morning on the KLIN Husker Hour. Expect the best. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping things moving on a Saturday. Big thank you to Jalen Reyes, Nebraska Volleyball Assistant Coach, Recruiting Coordinator, going through that whole class, which, by the way, number one ranked recruiting class. They had the number two class last year and the number one class the year before that. So that class, it's an outside hitter, Harper Murray, number two overall. Setter Bergen Riley, number four overall. She actually played with the USA national team. Not just the under eighteen or the under nineteen, with the under or with the national team itself, which is a big, big deal. Um, six foot one setter. You also have the uh, libero Lainey Choboy, who flipped her recruitment from Minnesota, as you heard Jalen Reyes talking about. Opposite hitter Caroline Jeravicious, whose dad is Super Bowl champion. Uh, she's number seven overall, and then that middle blocker Andy Jackson, number thirteen overall, that Reyes described more as if you were looking at a football term. She's coming in as an athlete can play middle blocker but she's athletic as heck and they'll figure out how to use her going forward um coach cook earlier this week said he loves this class because they were able to fill every single position and that's going to be a class that has some room to grow because you've got the current freshmen and sophomores right now that still have a few years left so there's going to be a lot of talent on campus all at the same time how can they take all of that talent and continue to make each other better? Um, that's going to be exciting to see there. Again, a big thank you to Jalen Reyes for joining us this morning because they're about 20 minutes away from their flight departing to Ohio, take on number 6 Ohio State tomorrow afternoon. That game set for a 3.30 first serve, 
from Columbus. You can listen to that over on B1073. Well, coming up today, you're going to have, actually in a little over an hour, we're going to get to the football pregame because Nebraska football is at number three Michigan. This is a big one. Now, the optimistic side of this is go shock the world. You knock Michigan's playoff hopes pretty much out because if they lose to Nebraska, you wonder where they're going to be mentally with a game against Ohio State. And if they do beat that, well, where are they? They still got to win a conference championship game. The loss looks really, really bad in the committee's eyes. But for Nebraska, you win that, you still have your bowl hopes alive. That's a lot easier said than done because this Michigan football team kind of just does everything well and Nebraska has not shown that they can be consistent for four quarters. We've seen it for a couple of drives, both on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. But can you, and here's the pessimistic side of it, it's a 30-point spread, 31-point spread. Can Nebraska cover? Not can Nebraska win, can Nebraska cover? That's the giant pessimistic side of this, where it's hard to look at today's game and say, yep, Nebraska's got this. And I'm going to want to hear from Matt McMaster, who's rolling into the studio right now. We'll talk the Michigan-Nebraska game in a minute, but there have been a lot of coaching rumors. First of all, hey, welcome, good morning. How, morning, how, how morning doing? everybody. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing awesome. It's oh. uh, It's been a hectic 16 minutes for me, but no, I'm here. No, you're good. That's fantastic. So we're talking football. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> that's, for, that's a perfect <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to get you all segue. caught up. Yeah. Um, we're talking football. Big, okay. big, big game today, but I want to start with the part of we got extra rumors out on the coaching search yesterday. Yes. Deion Sanders. Now, this is something that I have floated out there before, and I got absolutely hammered for, of saying of saying what would it look like with Deion Sanders. Now, I would rate him, as we look retrospect, along the same lines of Scott Frost. He just hasn't done it at a Power 5 school. Wow. He's got a couple of years of of group of five, not even group of five, FCS right yeah. now, yeah. Um, experience. And yeah, he had success last year, and he's got success going right now. But when you look at established coaches, he's just not there yet. He is exciting, though. Absolutely. Look, so when you talk about Mickey Joseph, and I think part of the appeal with Mickey, besides the fact, you know, because the con is the lack of head coaching experience, mm-hmm. but the pro is he's a great recruiter, and he can allow Nebraska to recruit in spots that they were unable to uh, in the past. Dion is that multiplied. The amount of recruits and the ability to recruit for Nebraska is going to multiply tenfold. It's it's going to be ridiculous if Dion Sanders were the head coach, which is why I said in the beginning of this head coaching search, I, I knew it was, you know, it's unrealistic, I think. I don't think he would come to Nebraska. I think there are better spots that he would look to go to that he could probably flourish in more than the Nebraska. Southeast. The South. Yeah, yeah, the SEC or Georgia Tech, I think, is a great spot for him as well if yeah. he's looking to get out of Jackson State this year. SEC but or ACC? ACC. So, somewhere in the South. That, that's kind of, I, I think, the ideal picture for him. But, you know, Nebraska has a lot of cash and resources, which is why yesterday t- my reaction to the rumors were probably not, but I don't rule it completely out. Because it's like, you can give them a boatload of money to come here. Uh, I think, though, 
you're absolutely right. The lack of head coaching experience from the actual product on the field definitely is a concern. And when you're spending, you have to spend at least $10 million on him, I would think, for him to come and be the coach. So that means he probably won't have a ton of cash to splurge on your assistant coaching staff, which you would, in theory, have to bolster in order to so get a play caller on the defensive end and the offensive end. I don't think they... I mean, Nebraska has a lot of resources, but I don't know if they would pump in fifteen to seventeen million on a on a coaching staff. You know, if you're right. paying ten million for a guy, you better be calling the plays. I don't think Dion would be doing that. Yeah, so that gets us caught up on really that that was it for the coaching rumors really this week. Um, I'm still under the impression that if you get an announcement during the season, it's going to be Mickey Joseph. If we get to Thanksgiving week, it's not going to be Mickey Joseph. Agreed. That's that's kind of just the, the the way that I've I've read the lay of the land. Now today's game, no Casey Thompson. Um, we still don't know one hundred percent who's going to be the starter, as you heard all week between yes. uh, between <laughs> that's all and I've been reporting on for the last two weeks. <laughs> um, and on the defensive side, no Miles Farmer. Um, he yeah, was he so was picked tough. up last Saturday, um, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning for driving under the influence, had a blood alcohol content, 0.123. He is suspended for this week. We'll see what that means going forward. Probably going to get Phelan Phelan Sanford back there, who just tests off the charts whenever they do all that in the spring. Uh, But we got to see that now translate to today. What's your read on this matchup? Three or uh, four-plus touchdown underdogs at the big house. I don't think it'll be 30 points. I, I, I don't think it'll it'll be 30. And the reason is is because I think the defense will hold up a little bit. And I think for those who are concerned about Blake Corum on the offensive end for Michigan, let me remind you, Mo Ibrahim ran for 18 yards and eight rushes in the first half against the Huskers. And uh, Chase Brown ran for, I think, under 20 yards or under two yards a carry in the first half against the Huskers. Uh, this Nebraska defense has shown the capacity to be able to stop these star running backs. The only reason why Ibrahim and Brown went off in their games in the second half was because they were both, both Minnesota and Illinois were on the field for 20 minutes. So that defense is going to get worn down, and those two, along with Corum, are just tough runners. And they just... Pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. So they started getting free. But when Nebraska was competitive in those games against Illinois and Minnesota, they were able to stop those star running backs. Blake Corum, a lot, you know, different style of play, but another star running back. I, I'm not worried about that. Honestly, I'm like you said, I'm more worried about secondary. Mm-hmm. Mouse Farmer is, is your leader, emotional leader in the secondary. Led he's, the team with 14 tackles he, last he week. Is, he is... The, probably the more experienced. Well, I think Newsom is more experienced than him, but he's a great leader, super, you know, super long. And Sanford, yeah, test off the charts. I think they were hoping that he would be a guy that they would develop, develop, develop under Farmer and then kind of, you know, have him start for a year or two. He's being thrown into the fire, right? Like, to, to have your first test against the Big Ten as a starter is tough. To have it against Michigan, that's a whole other story. Think about this defense right now. You're going to have. Sanford out there. Yeah. You've got Malcolm Hartzog. True Young fresh, and Ann Hausman. Ann Hausman. Yeah. So you, you are going against the number three team in the country who's looking not just playoff hopes, but national title chances this season. Absolutely. 
And you're young, and you're broken at a number of spots. But but I have a question for you. If you're Nebraska and you're three and six, and I think you know, oh yeah, I want to get that developed. Exactly, I want to get those exactly. guys snaps. Exactly, I think that at some point you had to have thrown out. All right, we're getting to the, like the Music City Bowl, or we're getting to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, or whatever. And you're like, all right, let's let's look to the future. I think having Hartzog, Hausman, and now Sanford. Now Sanford playing definitely not like under the circumstances you would like them to. You would right. like, you know, a, a, something different than you I want know, you're guys playing to go or getting beat suspended. someone out. Yeah, yeah beat, beat me out or, or just be like, hey, we want to get them some snaps as opposed to what, what happened with Farmer. But look, it's going to be great experience for all three, and I'm not as unconfident in the Nebraska defense under Bill Bush as I've been in the past and as some people are. Mm-hmm. All right, well, there's your football. We'll get your predictions at the end of the show. Coming up just around the corner right here, we're still going to get, we're about 10 minutes out from Dr. Lawrence Chatters. A lot of fun conversation going to come in that one. But next, both men's and women's basketball teams are 2-0. and Matt McMaster and I were both at the women's game last night. We'll we tell were. you about it next we on KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping things moving this Saturday morning. Matt McMaster in studio now. Joined us halfway through that last segment. (laughs) Um, So, Matt. Yes. One, I will say this. You have got a great support system with, with your family. Oh, my God. The best. The best. Now. Part of that support system means they are paying attention to when you are doing stuff like this. They literally listen to every second of my career. I had a uh, 10 to 11 p.m. show on the college radio station last year, and they both would stay up and like sleep late, like go to bed late to listen to me. So, so they listen to everything. They're, I, I'm so lucky. I'm incredibly which, which lucky. Which means they were my alarm clock today when I didn't get up. They're getting up this morning, <laughs> yeah. and they hear Matt McMaster sleeping in. <laughs> I get a call from my mother, my sweet mother, nine oh five. Hello. I was like, well, "Hey, what's up? Um, where are you? Look at the. I look at the clock. I go, "Oh no!" <laughs> and then she goes. You're not. Why are you in the school? What's wrong? What's wrong? I go, I didn't wake up. And my dad grabs me. What the heck's going on? Get it. Get to the station. Get to the station. What's you get this a great opportunity? I go, I know, I know. And I'm like, I'm like in in fight or flight mode at this point. I'm like, all right, I got to Like, I got to get going. I got to get moved. I got my car. Come on. Go, go, go. Here's the thing. I'll tell you this. It does. Like when you have a fantastic support. Oh, it's the best. It doesn't change. I am. What I'm, I'm a twelve years older than twelve. You. Yeah, there are still, and there was a couple weeks ago where I wasn't on the show because <laughs> I, I just I had that Saturday off. I sure. was doing some stuff with my daughter. I'm not on the show, scheduled to be off. <laughs> Guess who texts me at nine ten? Who? My mom. Yeah. Hey, saw you're not on. Everything okay? Yeah. Because sometimes it'll be, oh, are you are you sick or this this or that? Um, is something going on? I still get those. I'll it's be the th- best. I'll be thirty two in a week. 
Look, so so to to have that support system, that's fantastic. It, now I'm gonna I'm gonna transition that sure. into um, men's and women's basketball, both two and zero to start their seasons. We had you went to the women's basketball season opener yeah. Monday at noon. I went to the men's basketball season opener Monday evening. Got the wins there. Women's basketball hit triple digits. Um, men's basketball then gets their second win. That was on Thursday night. Um, women's basketball last night. Let me say this. I'm so proud to have you as part of our team at KLIN. One, because of the great work you do for us. But two, we get to see your growth within the within the sports industry with you calling the game on BTN+. Plus. You're going to make me get it. I'm sorry. That was very nice of you to say. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, P-Tan, um, I called last night's game, color commentary, my friend Grant Hansen, also awesome guy, great, uh, great in the sports industry, incredible experience. We, You know, I did it a couple times last year, being able to call games on TV, um, and honestly, I think it was probably my best broadcast I've had uh, in my college career, and I think in part, like, last six months being here at KLIN, I mean, I'm... Last year, you know, I'd get maybe one broadcast a week, and now coming here and, and working from June to to up to now, it's um, it's uh uh every day, or almost or five days a week, I'm in the studio, I'm recording something or I'm writing something, and I'm I'm learning. You and I had a had a half hour lesson on inflection of voice and when to go high and when to go low and when to end your sentence and when to begin your sentence and just working with Mark Vale, working with you, working with Tom Stan and always having Steve King and Amy Graham, you know, behind my back and, and helping me out and just getting me better. I mean, it's, it's awesome to get those opportunities yesterday. And I feel like I took advantage of that in part because of the great work I'm doing here. So it's the best. I love working here. Well, don't think it goes unnoticed. You're, you're, I doing, appreciate you're doing a great job. So last night, women's it. basketball game. Um, real quick in these couple of minutes, because we're going to have Dr. Lawrence Chatters oh, yeah. here in about five minutes. Um, the women's basketball team, 2-0 and to start the year. They go triple digits on Monday to start out the year. Um, and then last night, get a big win over Houston Christian. Um, things got tight for us, like, a second? Like two seconds. But then Nebraska just, they, they extended it, and they made their big run, and it stretched as far as like 38 or something. I, I two things. I love watching Nebraska women's basketball, because it's great basketball. It's, I mean, especially defensively. There's an energy There's, that they just they are just the arena with. They are just so, if you haven't, first off, tickets are cheap. One of the very rare Nebraska sporting events that you, you can, can go get to. Into you can that you for can sure. get into the stadium for or to Pinnacle Bank Arena for sure. It's just great women's basketball. They're so well coached. They're so like you said. There's an energy, hands, quick hands in the passing lanes. You know, I said yesterday on the broadcast. If you're a ball handler, there's not a second where you're not just covered by a Nebraska defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. just right on you immediately, right away. Trinity Brady. Great story. Last, she's always been on the Huskers last couple of years, had nagging injuries, didn't play basically almost for a full two years, had a great game yesterday. And just, they're a really good team. Yeah. They really are. I think the only weakness I would say that they have is that if they can, if they get in scramble situations on defense, their size a little bit is, is not great against smaller guards. But other than that, 
They're and and they you know they're a three point shooting team, so you can always go cold from three. Right. But I think offensively they're so well and, well coached. Everyone well can sound. get hot. Exactly. A- everyone can get hot. Exactly. Um, you had every single player uh, make a three on in their game on Monday, and you, it almost happened yesterday too. Like yeah, they, seven of them made a three yep, yesterday. So you had a bunch of those men's basketball notes real quick. Um, Sam Greasel just a leader on the floor at all Absolutely. times. Absolutely. Um, you know you're getting that. We have not seen Derek Walker yet this year. They're still saying healthcare reasons, so we'll find out that as soon as we know that. We'll get that out there. So we've been seeing more of Blaze Keita. He grew up from game one to game two. He did. So, so you saw that immediately, game one to game two. Jawan Gary can go fill it up. C.J. Wilcher all over the place. There is talent on this team, and what I like the most, yes, it's two wins. No, they're not fantastic teams. You saw these teams in both of their opponents knocked Nebraska in the mouth, and Nebraska didn't back down. And that's a difference from last year's team. It's Absolutely. a difference from the year before. And yes, it does get much harder this next Thursday. At Can St. I John's. give you a hot take? Yes. Is I think this team's more athletic than the team last year. And the team last year had a had a draft pick. top to bottom. Yeah, I, I think I, top to bottom. There, there's not more a single athletic. there's not a single player who's as good as Bryce McGowan's, but no. the whole level I, is higher than it was. There is there all of these guys can move. All these guys can can get up. I mean, I guess Casey, you could argue, you know, no, Casey not the, blocked a dude at the I rim know, on Monday. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying in general, you know. But other than that, I mean, Casey is an awesome shooter. But anyway, they're just super athletic. I I think uh, for those who are saying, oh, they're not good opponents, and they're going, you know, they went two and zero. Who cares? They didn't go two and zero last week or last year. Yeah, no, they, that, they, that's the thing. The they, last they, year, Western Illinois, right away, right away. So. Steps. Progress. Progress. Women's basketball takes on Creighton this next week at Creighton. Men's basketball at St. John's. Hey, it's 940 here on the KLIN Husker Hour. We talk with Dr. Lawrence Chatter's red carpet experience and an in-arena DJ. Yeah, you heard it right. Coming up next on KLIN. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio. 1499.3 KLIN. Got a special one for you this morning. It's Caleb Henry and Matt McMaster here for KLI and Husker Hour. Cole Stukenholtz off this week. Dr. Lawrence Chatters in studio. Also Michaela as well. Want to make sure we say as many names in studio as we can. Yes. So, Dr. Chatters, you're the Executive Associate AD for Strategic Initiatives. Yes. What does that mean? That that is <laughs> that's an awesome question. I am the I am the all purpose back of administrators at Nebraska. Let me just describe it that way. Sure. I get a chance to impact every aspect of Husker athletics, and I truly enjoy that. I'm also the head administrator for women's gymnastics uh, hmm. and swimming and diving, and then a secondary administrator for track and field and cross country. Yeah, track that's and field. Cool. Let's yeah. go. Love track and field, and so. But I get a chance to really work with every team on campus um, in Nebraska athletics, and I work with them on building culture. And, you know, we talk a lot about how student-athletes compete and how they compete hard. Well, it starts with us really accepting them for who they are and understanding all their identities and the people on their team doing the same thing. You're not going to go to war with somebody who you don't trust, right? Absolutely. And so we get the chance to really help them build that culture in their teams I do that for all of our student athletes, but I also do that for all of our staff, you know, so really in like a human resource function, I get a chance to make sure that our uh, department is supporting all the employees that work there. And above and beyond that, I also do a lot of strategic planning. So we just launched our strategic plan for the next five years. I'll get a chance to oversee the implementation and monitoring of that. 
Um, and I work on special projects as well. So really all purpose back there. <laughs> yeah. um, I work with every student athlete. Just this week, I spoke with uh, the volleyball team about civic engagement. Last week, I spoke to the football team about civic engagement. And so, yeah, I didn't know you were an understudy for Hamilton. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if 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 you know if George the Third ever goes down, I'm right there. Wait, are Not you actually? Are you actually? Was that a no, joke? You okay. didn't. You go look at his Twitter. <laughs> okay. Go look at his okay. Twitter account. By the way, L Chat with one T one. Okay. And you will see he dressed up for his civic engagement conversation. <laughs> I did. That's I great. Did. That's was, the best. It was, I'll tell you what, you know, I mean, it was a little uh, harrowing to walk in front of all those uh, young men wearing <laughs> sure. Hamilton gear. But sure, sure. After that, I had to go DJ in the training table. So, yeah. You know, yeah. I, that's incredible. I love, I love Hamilton. For, so for a second, I thought you like actually were like in the, like a, like, that's crazy. Yeah. When they sorry. come, when they come I'm here, when they're at the lead center. Yeah. I was about to say, they're on, they're on the way. They're on the way. That's, that's great. Right. I, I got a question for you. Go ahead. You know, building culture in your time here, how yeah. have you seen uh, the cultures improve uh, from the sports and the teams that you've talked to? That's a great question. So last year, um, two of the teams that I spent a lot of time with were uh, our softball team. Uh, just really, you know, Coach Ravel's amazing. Her whole staff, they've been together for a long time. Spent a lot of time with them, just being around them, uh, getting a chance to really help them get to know each other better. Uh, that was great. Um, and I think from what I saw with them last year, they were very close. There were some transplants into the team last year, but we worked through, you know, what that looks like and got to watch them grow and got to see them make a, a strong run, win the Big Ten tournament last year. That was awesome. Uh, that's one of the teams I've really kept a close eye on. Track and field, I was a part of that program last year as well. Um, Worked really closely with the coaching staff there, also our student-athletes, and saw them. I mean, that's a huge team. Our track and field team has such diversity on it. You know, half men, half women, a lot of individuals from international, a lot of individuals from uh, all over the United States. And we did a lot of work together last year, too. And I worked with football last year as well. And um, just to see them all come together and uh, get to know each other better has been awesome. So. Well, for folks that heard the name Dr. Lawrence Chatters, they're probably going, where do I hear that? Where have I heard that? And if you guys didn't know, he was the brainchild behind the red carpet experience. Yes. So take us through, and if people missed the beginning of how all of that came to be, take us through the genesis of the red carpet experience. Yeah, absolutely. I love to tell this story. So I had just started in Nebraska Athletics. Trev had started a little bit before me, and we were in an executive staff meeting. Our first game's coming up. It's around the corner. We have 2,000 tickets left. And Trev walks into the door. He's a really hype guy. I love working with him. He's just, he's a pump-up guy. So he's like, listen up, everyone. We have 2,000 tickets left. If anyone can figure out a way for us to sell these tickets, the sellout streak is at stake. And, um, you know, we all kind of took that as an exec staff. And I thought about it and I said, hey, Trev, what, what do you think about the idea of giving uh, donors the opportunity to purchase these tickets? And I can maybe find some people in the community who would love to go to the game who never have the chance because of financial reasons. And he said, let me think about that. So we talked to some donors that weekend. A couple donors bought every single one of those tickets and the red carpet experience was born. Awesome. And also the sellout streak was was saved at that point. And yeah. so then he said, all right, you thought of this program. Nice job. Go figure it out logistically. <laughs> figure out how to get all these tickets out to everybody. So I said, you know what? I'd love to do it. And so that's how it was born. And then this year, of course, we got the program endowed by a wonderful donor who yeah. has now made a 10-year commitment to supporting that program. Fantastic. So it's awesome. So what, what's that What's that growth been, obviously, beyond football that we've seen over this past year? Yeah, so last year we were able to expand it to um, softball, also uh, baseball, men's and women's basketball uh, last year as well. So 
I mean, we have it for basketball this year, so we have a few games that will offer 50 tickets each game. And let me tell you, for this next Wisconsin game coming up, we have over 400 requests for tickets, and awesome. we'll be able to accommodate every one of those things. That's wow. awesome. So, That's, how does how does that feel for you? Like, what's the sense of pride that you get, like from watching all of these kids, like who, you know more than likely aren't able to go to these games that typically don't have the luxury of going to these games able to experience yeah. the, you know the the red carpet experience yeah it's first of all it's a testament to how amazing our husker fans are in husker nation they love this department so much they love our student athletes and all they do so much that they're willing to pay for other people to have that experience so and what i'll tell you is that when i was in high school my parents couldn't afford to get a ticket to go to a husker game and that was in the mid-90s and of course that was when you know you had to have it sent to you as an heirloom through an estates you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was in the will that you'd get tickets <laughs> sure. you know but uh but anyways i mean my parents couldn't afford for us to go to a game so it really was kind of in that moment that trev said that i thought what would 14 year old me be thinking and hoping that an administrator would do in this moment you know maybe think about the people who can't afford it and that's their only barrier to getting into husker nation and so um it makes me feel amazing to see young people come to the uh, games with their families and it's an experience. It's a memory they get to make. Um, and it's just absolutely amazing that our Husker fans are willing to do that for other people. We're talking with Nebraska Executive Associate AD for Strategic Initiatives, Dr. Lawrence Chatters. And when you hear that title, immediately we all think basketball in arena DJ. Yeah, which, that's, which, that's so, where my, meant, where my, my I, mind went I knew to. that's where you went. <laughs> yeah. So our former colleague, Tiago Ray, has taken a fantastic opportunity down in Texas. So that then meant... We hired D. Wayne to come in and help yeah. out with Red 94.5, but D. Wayne's already at basketball games. He's already doing stuff, so we went, okay, who's going to take over the DJ? Well, they went and tapped the rest of the athletic department. Where did this start? Is there? Are you DJing a lot in Bellevue growing up, or where, where does this all come from? So the start of my DJing career actually did start in Bellevue at the bowling alley on Offutt Air Force Base. That's where I DJed my first <laughs> wow. gig, to be okay. honest. But, uh, you know, I've been DJing for 20 years professionally. I've done a lot of weddings across the state of Nebraska. I've actually DJed internationally. I've DJed in Croatia, wow. um, over in Kenya, and also in Japan. So... I am an experienced DJ. I love doing it. But what I would say is that as I've moved on in my professional career, it just hasn't been something that I've had a lot of time for. And so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I <laughs> when I saw uh, Tiago was had that great opportunity, I went to uh, Bailey, who's our uh, director of, um, you know, basically the, the game plan situation with basketball. And also she does volleyball. And I said, hey, would it be okay if maybe I tried to DJ for these games? And she was like, sure. And so I did it for the exhibition and just absolutely fell in love with it. It's fast pace. I mean, not many DJs get to DJ for, you know, five to 8,000 people. Um, it's the opportunity for me to really help, uh, you know, bring energy into that space and make a contribution in that way. So I love doing it. What's your, uh, where's your go-to, John? Like, what what years are we working with here? Where are we more in the Jay-Z, you know, yeah. Tupac, Biggie, Nas, oh my goodness. or are we a little more like 2010s in your, in your playlist? So my playlist is expansive because okay. my brain really runs through the full gamut of... Uh, of music and so i grew okay. up in the 80s um so you might hear some rick astley mm -hmm. okay. never gonna give you up you know i love oh yeah oh, don't worry right. i'm pretty sure we've we've been rickrolled at every game every game so <laughs> yeah. far yes. wait for it right yes. so uh you might hear that you might hear some uh pitbull i love pitbull he he really has a lot of energy in his music black eyed peas of course but you're gonna hear a little bit of everything i mean i i dig deep in my crates and i just okay. i love djing i love music well, I, I can tell you from the media area and this was one thing that tiago when he was 
was leaving, he goes, good, you guys can't tweet at me anymore what you want. Yeah. Big Darude fans. If we can get Sandstorm, Sandstorm, yes. Sandstorm as soon as a big big moment happens, oppo- opponent takes a timeout after <laughs> C.J. Wilcher hits a three, so, we are all about so Sandstorm. Here is, here is my, here's, look, and look, you don't have to take my suggestion, but my okay. favorite type of music is the third down music at football games. Okay. okay. So like, okay. Hell's Bells, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Stand up and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That stuff. Now, now, I know you typically don't, do that for basketball. It's a little more high pace. It's not so much rock. That's but right. Let me set the scene for you. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Let's go. So it's a six. It's a six point game. Ohio State versus Nebraska. Five yes. minutes left. Ohio State down, but has the ball. Yes. The starters are now going back into the game. Maybe we dim the lights a little bit. Okay. <laughs> and then you play. And they start walking on onto the court, right? Little sidebinds out of bounds. Everyone's on their feet. You know, that's. I feel like that'd be great. I know that's more football. Yeah. But I feel like that'd get the people going. Just a little suggestion. I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, you're going to hear a lot of different music. I'm not going to play the same thing every game. And I don't know if you all, did you notice what the new uh, intro music is for the Husker basketball team? Top Gun. Yeah, Have yes. You- yeah, I, I picked up on Top Gun. <laughs> I also heard some Timmy Trumpet the other day. We're really big on Timmy I really, Trumpet at everything. I, I think, are, so the women's basketball, are you doing Rocky for all the games? Because I really like the the inclusion of the Rocky thing. I love the Rocky thing at the beginning. That's something D. Wayne has incorporated. Okay. So, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm just keeping it fresh because that's just the way my brain works. And, and I love the way you set the scene because those are the scenarios that I play out when I'm building my credits. You have to. You Absolutely. Have to. <laughs> that's Dr. Lawrence Chatters, Executive Associate AD for strategic initiatives brainchild for the red carpet experience and also in arena dj for nebraska basketball hey thanks so much for coming in this is a lot of fun it's been awesome to talk with you guys have a great day we'll wrap up the kli and husker hour next husker football basketball baseball and beyond this is the klin husker hour on 1499.3 klin Wrapping things up this Saturday morning. Big thank you to Dr. Lawrence Chatters coming in studio. That was a fun conversation. That Caleb Henry, Matt McMaster. That was here. great. He's awesome. He's, He's fantastic. Awesome. He's best. And he let us know. Mom still checks in on him. Oh yeah. It's is that the theme? Is that the theme of today's show? Family? Is this like a like a Fast and Furious Oscar Hour support system? It That's is. where it is. It is. They're the best. I'm still getting my dad still texting me. Good. <laughs> he is. Good. I know. I love it. I love it. He I cares. It. He does care. He All always right. cares. I care that we're going to get to Nebraska football pregame here in just about 30 minutes. And that's going to take us up four hours then to the 2.30 kickoff for Nebraska at yeah, number four three, hour Michigan. pregame. I had it no was, clue. It was five hours before. I, that's what Amy told me. I was looking at the... Uh, it, I, went to I the, love you learning all of I this. I know. I went to the mailbox, and I just saw something in my mailbox. I, I have the, the shared part-time one, and I pulled it out, and I was I was, I was wanted to learn it. I was like, how does this work? You know. And I saw all mm-hmm. the breaks, and then I go, four hours for a pregame? I, I hate pregames. I can't stand it. It's my least favorite thing of doing on broadcasting, and I barely can do 10 minutes. Well, the Huskers Radio Network's very good at the pregame. We encourage you to listen to that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Last thoughts and prediction. Uh, 44, oh, no, wait, I'm stupid. Uh, 28-13. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. I think, I can't remember what I said yesterday, but I think I said something like 54-13. I don't think it'll be that high scoring. I trust the defense. Go Blackshirts. I'm hoping you're right. 
I'm hoping I think right. I will be right. Kickoff at 2.30. Don't forget volleyball big match. Number four at number six, Ohio State. Tomorrow, 3.30 first serve. You can hear that over on B1073 this next week. Women's basketball at Creighton. Men's basketball at St. John's. We'll wrap it all up next week if we have a show because we still don't know kickoff time for Wisconsin. That's it. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.